Hello, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the Emotional Alchemy Podcast. Before we get into our conversation today, I want to share that the doors for Business Alchemist Mentorship are now open. I created this program to help space holders step toward their in-person or online businesses as a spiritual practice. I know you have medicine you want to share with the world, and honestly, this is why I feel so passionate about this work as a business mentor. It makes my heart feel expansive and warm when I think about how different this world would be if you, as a pattern breaker and as a change maker, felt empowered about sharing your work with your community. It's my way of shifting the tide of extractivist, capitalistic ways of existing. I will be your guide so you can explore the emotional blocks that keep you spinning in circles, and I share practical nuts and bolts principles that will keep your business humming along. We try to keep a solid balance of yin and yang around here. This program is centered on safety, intimate connection with community, and moving at the pace of trust, nature, and purpose. The curriculum and coaching I share is framed on the backdrop of my experience as a trauma-informed practitioner. If you're feeling curious, go check out my website, businessalchemistmentorship.com. We will begin this next cohort in mid-June, and it will be the only time I'm running it in 2024. I recently did an entire overhaul of the curriculum and felt that it needed a whole year to move through instead of the nine-month program it used to be, and I'm keeping it at this nine-month price one last time before I raise prices in 2025. Again, the website is businessalchemistmentorship.com, and I would love to have you join our community. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Empowered Curiosity Podcast. Today, I've got two very dear friends with me, Tiffany and Beth, and together they make up a really beautiful company called Kenza Collective. And Tiffany is an operations mentor, Beth is a financial mentor, and they are just this beautiful team that helps entrepreneurs get themselves going. And they're specifically targeted towards parent entrepreneurs, but I think that anybody who is in my circle, um, you guys are going to get so much information from these two. And I think the reason why I felt drawn to the two of you actually is everything that you do is about how can your business support your life versus the other way around. And I think we need to be having many, 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 many more conversations about not just like a work-life balance, but like, to me, that still implies this, like, I want to say capitalistic, but it's, it's almost still this like implication of like, your focus is on your work. And then how do you balance your life within that versus the way that you two built your ethos around actually your business is supposed to support the most important thing in is in your lives, which is your families, what you want to do and what your passions are and, and allowing for the business to actually be the vehicle to take you there. So um, I would, I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation. I've been <laughs> wanting to have this conversation with y'all on the podcast for so, so long. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Yay. Thank you for having us. Um, yeah. It's really fun to hear what people take away from the Kenza brand. Um, and and it's so much fun to hear when it's like exactly what we want people to take away. We're like, okay. yes, we're doing something right. <laughs> sometimes when you have a brand like this, you feel like, you know, you're just, you share all this, you just like share your heart and you share all this content and you're like, is this landing the way that I want it to be landing? And then when people come back and say things like your intro, it's like brings tears to my eyes. I'm like, yes, that's what we wanted you to take away from it. (laughs) So thank you for having us here and for that really beautiful introduction. I appreciate it. Well, I'm really glad that it landed because I actually didn't run that past y'all before I just launched into it. So I'm glad that it, it, um, it still resonated with your brand. Oh yes. Oh yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think to start, just because my people don't know you all, I would love to have you both share a little bit about your backgrounds and and what gets you so excited about mentoring entrepreneurs. 
So I don't know who wants to start first, but uh, maybe just a quick little blurb about about that. Beth, you go first. Okay, okay, Tip. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Beth Gumry. Um, I have been working for myself for coming up on 21 years. And as a result, I've been able to um, live a fairly balanced life and do a lot of things I've really wanted to do as a self-employed person. And what I realize is that you know what, if I'm not special, anybody could do this, really, what you have to do is just figure out something to sell and and be good about it, good, good at it, and conscientious about it and take care of your clients. And you can basically do whatever you want. And right now, I'm in a position where I live in US and Denmark. And I'm married to a Danish man. And there's no way I could have done this with a nine to five job. <laughs> and so it's like, it just it gives you freedom to to steer your life in directions you want to go in. And so that's why I'm really passionate about people, especially people who have, you know, families that, you know, demand a a great deal of their time. You can work your life around all the other things you have to do. Work doesn't have to be the thing that preempts the whole rest of your life. It can be a thing that enhances the rest of your life. So anyway, that's why I like doing what we do. Hmm. Love yes. that. And Tiff, what do you want to add to that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's perfect. And this is why Beth and I work well together, among other reasons, many other reasons, of course. But, um, you know, when I had my daughter in 2019, I was working in a traditional job. I'd been working in the traditional workforce for, you know, since I was like literally, what, 17, 16, you know. And, um, And I realized after I had her and went back to work when she was about four months old that it was such an instant knowing that like this isn't going to work. You know, Mm -hmm. I tried to make it work. I and a lot of other moms and dads have a similar story of like, oh, you think you can do it. You think you can be the the one that that gets through it. And you look at other people and you go, well, so they're doing it. Surely, like maybe I'm doing something wrong. But you know, in reality, it just didn't work for our family for me to have to work for someone else that controlled my time. That was really the thing for me that I had a big awakening around was that someone else controls my time and they control my energy. Um, I'm not in charge of the clients we work with. I'm not in charge of the fact that I have to, you know, run a timer and clock myself in and out. Um, no matter how advanced in my career I was getting, you know, it's just, um, that just wasn't working for me anymore. And so when I went out on my own, I started as a freelance project manager and, you know, it just feels like the whole world opened up to me in this completely different way. And all of a sudden this whole other life manifested and a whole new set of opportunities have been manifesting ever since then. Um, and a great example of that is my husband and I are exploring moving abroad, uh, moving our family abroad. And we're, we're doing a scouting trip this summer to Portugal to see if that might be our place. And, and like Beth was saying, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be possible or we would be worrying about, well, is our job going to let us do this? Can we how can we make this work? No, it's we work for ourselves and we we make it happen, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that lifestyle being able to open up this whole other like window into what life could be like through entrepreneurship is fascinating to me and really interesting and really cool and so I became passionate about helping other parents do this just like Beth said you know anyone who wants to can figure this out um so we are really passionate about sharing that information, sharing resources, connecting people, sharing different courses and coaches and, you know, what's out there to help you make this move um, because we think that people's lives could seriously be changed by this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there's a little bit about my story there. I, I'm like, I'm loving this because I feel like the shape of our conversation is already starting to to take form in my head because, <laughs> you know... Until you guys started like really, I knew this about you, but until you guys really started highlighting how you've been able to create these alternative lifestyles because you've stepped out of the the typical nine to five and you've been able to take control of your time and energy in this way, I feel like I'm also in a similar situation where 
you know, I spend a lot of time in Canada. I spend a lot of time in the United States. I'm planning on living out of my, my little travel trailer that I just bought for the next year, year and a half, and just travel all over the States and, and be able to run my business in the schedule in the way that I want to, to have it folded into my life versus having it run my life. And I think that that's sort of the common thread between the three of us. And, you know, this is exactly why I invited you all to (laughs) uh, collaborate with me on an upcoming workshop. Um, We're going to be teaching the energetics of money coming up in June 25th and 26th. And I think that a lot of people have this desire to create this kind of life where there's, you know, stability and security and structure, but so much freedom and so much creative processes in being able to dictate what your life can look like. And I think the money piece is really, really, really scary for people. Um, And so, you know, I feel like I've worked through so many of my own money blocks to be able to to coach others in this realm but I still struggle when it comes to like the nuts and bolts and this is you know as soon as I sort of came up against that I was like oh I know the perfect person um so selfishly I'm like hosting this workshop because I want to learn from Beth too (laughs) why do you think I have her in Kenza I'm like I need to learn this stuff other people need to learn it like exactly And, and, and so there's like, I, you know, I love being able to look at these like really, really tangible blocks that people have and look at it from an energetic perspective, which is, you know, sort of my zone of genius. Um, And then look at it from a technical perspective where this is where, you know, Tiff and Beth come into play is, is this teamwork of like, okay, so what are the nuts and bolts of someone who's starting their their business journey all the way into um okay so now I've got a bit of a stable income and how can I make my money actually work for me um instead of being shackled to money and um it's a bit of a taboo and edgy topic for people because I find that like at least in my client base like you know it's it's so much easier to even talk about things like sex (laughs) over money like I feel like there's so much resistance to talking about money because there's so much shame and the way that you share your information on Kenza it's so approachable there's no judgment you know there's this acknowledgement of like like everyone has their own journey with money and there's no reason to create shame and and guilt around it and like let's look at it objectively because really it's just numbers right (laughs) and so Beth I know that you're known as like the financial untangler of knots. So (laughs) she's getting on the edge of her seat. She, you're the last part you just said about money is just numbers. I'm like, oh, wait for Beth. This is like a thing. Yes, it's not even just numbers. It's a construct. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know. Well, it's just something. Okay, we take all it away. On. This is this is Beth's zone. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just money. It's just something we all agreed on, you know, at some point in time. And uh, so it's just it's just a matter of math, right? It's just <clears throat> there's two things about money. There's what it actually is, which is just a means of um, a means of exchange, right? And then there's all the other stuff around money, which is like guilt, shame, you know, like I'm the richest man in the world, so I'm better than somebody else. You know, like it gets loaded up with all this other stuff that's really doesn't have anything to do with it, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really about just like s- staring it down and just being like, you know, do I have enough water in my bucket to pour it on the plants today or do I not? It's just a resource like that. It's like water in a bucket or it's like any other, you know, rice in the cupboard. It's just, you just want to work towards making sure there's enough of it set aside to do what it is you need to do. And in the course of having your own business, sometimes we have to do things like ask other people for money, but we have to always remember we've just, we've just, provided them a useful service so that they can continue with their their commerce activities. 
So we have to remember that we have a value and that the work we do is, you know, notched to some value that we've determined along with our customer mm -hmm. and that, you know, just sending bills and collecting money shouldn't have to be a big thing. And it and it's just, mm -hmm. you know, part of part of doing business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that this is where, like, I have seen so many people go into like a completely dysregulated nervous system state when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. You know, they have trouble even opening up their bank accounts because they're afraid of what they're going to see <laughs> or they end up like overworking themselves and over and out resourcing everything. Um, and that's sort of like them in a fight state of like, there's never going to be enough money. And so therefore I have to always be working and working and working. And it doesn't even matter what that number in the bank account is. And, you know, there are people who um, end up, you know, making money, but then giving all of it away. And so um, I think that that's mm -hmm. sort of like the psychology piece of it that gets me all lit up. Um, but in terms of like mm, your experience, mm -hmm. I want to get really specific about the kind of person we'd be would be um, supporting here. Is I feel like my audience falls into two camps of like people who are like wanting to transition out of their nine to five. Mm -hmm. And wanting to step into that, like, entrepreneurship space. And that leap is so, 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 so difficult for them. It's like they mm -hmm. can't envision what their bank accounts can look like afterwards. And I certainly, like, I had no clue that, like, life could look this way back when I was in my 9 to 5. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the fact that I work essentially three days a week and make four times more than what I used to make as an acupuncturist is insane to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think people sort of struggle with like what that leap can look like. And then my second sort of bubble is folks who have been in their spiritual entrepreneurship business for a little while and there's enough money in the bank, but they're like, okay, so how do I make this money work for me? Mm -hmm. And so those are the two sort of like audiences I want to have you keep in mind as we're talking about money. And so for this first bubble, like what would be, you know, financial mentor Beth, like <laughs> your, your, you know, most grounded things that you can share with somebody on that path? Well, <clears throat> keep in mind that as you're starting out in a business, any money coming into your household is money. Right. So even if you're doing your business and you're waitressing part time or you're doing something else part of the time or you're you stayed with your old job half of the time or whatever it is, what the goal is to try to just make sure you're paying your bills. Right. And you have money left over. It's it's that simple. So whatever configuration you have to adopt in order to make that work is totally fine and no judgment. You know, your goal yeah. is to make sure your family is stable and you have a roof over your head. No matter what that means, that mean, could mean four different part-time jobs or whatever it is. And I know, I understand a lot of people do that right now. But, um, you know, as you're, as you're starting to progress into your, you know, having your consulting business or your, your business of any type be your primary business, um, keep in mind that different streams of income are completely fine. And then at some point, you will get to a point where what you're doing is so good and you have so much experience at it that people start to seek you out for help. And when you do have that sort of thing happen, because you have put in the time and you've learned how to be a business owner and, and provide the service that you provide, and I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about mostly service providers here, um, a couple of years into this, you're going to be able to raise your rates a little bit. You're going to have some experience under your belt. You're going to be able to say, you know, I know I used to charge you this number of dollars a, a month or on our retainer or whatever it is, but I'm going to need to bump that up now. 
and then you just sort of it's it's a long process it's not there's no overnight um get rich quick overnight thing magic that happens here it's just a matter of pointing yourself in the right direction and then continuing to feed the business that you've chosen to do and you know take feedback from um you know if something isn't working you think that you want to provide some t type of consulting service and actually nobody's buying that well maybe then maybe that's not the thing um maybe there's something else that's working a little better but you're you're constantly fine-tuning your business um and as you're doing that you'll find that you you create bigger and bigger and bigger circles around yourself of people who know what you do and either refer you or um or want you to help them with different things so it's just it's like you're you're creating an accumulation of work as you go through the years of doing this until you get to a point where you become an expert at that thing, whatever that thing is. And people ask you on the podcasts and you talk about it, you know, <laughs> really, we all started few, someplace. Few, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, right. yeah. I was just going to tack on to all that and just say, you know, when you're working in a traditional workforce, traditional job, there's one way you're getting money and that is through your paycheck. I mean, sure, you could have a side hustle and all that kinds of things, but you know, sort of your main thing is a paycheck and that paycheck and the amounts on that paycheck and everything about that paycheck and whether you get bonuses or not or any, everything else is completely determined by someone else. And usually you have no idea how it's being determined. Yeah. One of the things that I love when you go out on your own is that you're now in charge of all that. And while some people could hear that and be, oh, God, that that's really scary. And that's what I thought for many years. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> my dad and my brother are entrepreneurs. And I was always like, hell no, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, I always used like, to say, Tiffany, you're the one person that could work for themselves in a heartbeat. And you're like, no. <laughs> I'm good. This is easy. Someone else is writing my paycheck. Yeah. Um, but the thing that frustrated me, I, I'll remember one time I was at this job and they typically gave out end of year bonuses. And as we're getting towards the end of the year, there was a lot of, we could see in the office, a lot of money was being spent. We all got new computers. There was like new um, shades on all the windows. Like there was just kind of stuff they were doing in the office. And the last day in the office that we were there the before before the holiday break is usually when they call different, you know, everybody in individually in the conference room and kind of tell them what their bonus amount's going to do, going to be. And they called us in that year and one by one they told us there were going to be no bonuses that year. And I remember feeling so frustrated about that and so cheated because I'm like, you could have at least thrown everybody 500 bucks. We're a small team like you could have, you know, and just really questioning this whole thing. And, and one of the things when you go out on your own that's so exciting is that, again, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about this like new life, this new field, this new thing that opens up to you is you realize there are so many ways to make money online. Like just so many ways. And that's a huge reason why we do our So You Want to Be a podcast series, which is So You Want to Be a, and then you fill in the blank, real estate agent or online business manager, podcast manager, project manager, uh, digital business manager, like all these different ways to make money. And when you start to understand that and you start to see that out there and you start to realize in yourself, like, I could actually do a lot of different things and actually I could make a lot more money and be in complete control of my money. And if I want to bonus myself at the end of the year, I'm going to be in control of doing that. Or if I want to live on this amount and I only want to take on two clients and work 10 hours a week and I'm going to make my lifestyle work around that, I get to do that. Mm -hmm. And so there's this like empowerment that happens around your money when you realize I am no longer like dependent on this business owner and whatever decisions they're making behind the scenes that are all, we don't get to know about it. You know, you just get the result of whatever those decisions are. Um, no, no, that's you now you're in the driver's seat and you get to make those decisions. And there's just this like, uh, in that, you know, just like this power that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, um, I can so relate to your story. Um, 
and I and I had a very similar experience where you know mm. we used to get Christmas bonuses um, mm-hmm. at the old clinic that I used to work at, and there was one year where you know so much new equipment's being bought, and I was like, wow, we must be doing really well, and um, I I don't know if this is better or worse than yours, but like we ended up, um, we each got a chocolate gingerbread house. Oh no! (laughs) I think that's worse. You're like I would have rather the twenty bucks that it cost to buy this. Yeah, thank you. I mean, like it was a it was a nice piece of chocolate, but it was literally a chocolate gingerbread house. Oh, this will be fine, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, I think we can sit here and talk about like all of the the beautiful <laughs> things we've experienced going out on our own. But I also remember, like, because I started my coaching practice in 2020 um, mm. with the pandemic, and this is something that I've heard from some of my clients who are now my business mentees who look at what my trajectory has been like and are like, how did you get there so fast? Mm. Um, And I want to address that piece, but I also want to ask you, Tiff, because you just switched over in 2019. So that's not been that long ago. Mm -hmm. And like, what were some of the fears that were coming up for you around that squishy sticky place where you were like okay so I am going to take a leap off of this ledge and um like like pull back the curtain a little bit for us in terms of like what helped support you what helped stabilize you um what were the pieces of help that you asked for along the way um Mm -hmm. So that somebody who's sort of in that same position can resource that for themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, so one of the things that we did, my husband and I, before I made the leap, well, first of all, I tried to work with my current job and say, I need a more flexible schedule. I put this whole proposal together. And I think that that's a valid thing to think about doing. If you're feeling a little nervous about this, but you're feeling like you need flexibility, you know, I think now, uh, the, it's a lot more different than then. Um, when I was requesting this, the world has just changed so much, which is crazy to think about. Um, but that I did try that at first because that was me sort of being like, can I do both? Like, can I have this flexible lifestyle, but still have like a cushy gig where someone else is paying my, you know, writing my paycheck? Mm -hmm. Um, that didn't work and that's all good. You know, that put me on a whole different path. Um, so then what we did is we agreed to give me like a runway. Um, I think it was three months. We said three or I think it was three months, four months, something like that where we said, all right, here's, here's the cash in the bank. Um, I, I secured a first client, um, to do some operational support in their business. So at least we had that little bit coming in. And like Beth was saying, you know, just try get money coming in, just get it coming in. Cause it's like, it's a good momentum builder. Sure. So I had secured my first client and we agreed, okay, three months, we're going to give this a go. And I knew that if at the end of those three months, if it just wasn't working out and I couldn't make this happen, I was just going to go find another job and I'd be back where I started, but that would be okay. And I could find another job. Mm -hmm. And there was something in that that was like gave me the freedom that I needed. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. for me. It didn't feel like, oh, I have this deadline of three months. I better do this, this and this or I'm not going to make it. It was just like I got three months. I got three months to figure this out. I'm confident in my ability to go find another job if I need to, but I know that I have to try and pursue this. And Mm -hmm. that's what I gave myself. Um, And so, you know, the thing that I like to tell people when they're in that position is tell everyone you know what you're doing and and exactly what you're doing and how they can get in touch with you. Email your mom, your cousin, your neighbor, former colleagues, reach out to people on LinkedIn, go to networking events, go to co-working spaces, do whatever you can do to spread the word. Because if people don't know, then they can't refer you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's not, clients aren't going to magically crawl out of somewhere if they don't know that you're available for work. Mm -hmm. And especially for those of you who have been in the traditional workforce for a long time, you have a network. 
you have experience. Totally. You know people. You've worked with people. Um, and you've probably done a really great job. And so you don't need a website. Just update your LinkedIn. Put together a website if you want to. I love that too. But, you know, update your LinkedIn. Figure out what services you want to offer. Bonus points if you can figure out who you want to offer that to. Write a quick email that says, this is what I'm up to now. Here's exactly how to get in touch with me. Here's how people can learn more. And send it to people and get in touch with people. And that's also going to help you feel really good because guess what? That's how I got my second client. Mm -hmm. One of my friends was like, hey, I worked for this place and they really could use your services and got my way into that one. So, you know, um, giving yourself some time, remembering you can always go back, especially now it is such an employee's market right now. You can always go back to the traditional workforce. Mm -hmm. But once you get that little taste of freedom, you might not want to. (laughs) So just a fair warning. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. And I love, I don't think I had ever conceptualized it as a runway, but that's exactly what it felt like for me too. Mm -hmm. Is um, like I have... I think I was just so lucky that um, the pandemic actually worked out well for me. Like, yeah. and this is not to diminish anyone else's experience of COVID and, and the horribleness of, of 2020 and 2021. But like, I got laid off from my job because I literally could no longer touch people anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And then because I was living in and working in Canada, they gave us a stipend of $2,000 a month. Hmm. And that gave me, that was my runway, you know? And so I, I want to say that out loud because I don't think I've ever shared that story publicly. Um, because I think that a lot of people think like, Oh, cat just shifted away from acupuncture into, um, being a coach so quickly. And, and it was a very, very similar to story to yours where I was like, I have to pivot in some way. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Um, my version of LinkedIn was Instagram. So I built up a community mm-hmm. on Instagram and that had also taken years before I had quit my job. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I had the, the, the runway of the Canadian government giving me $2,000 a month for quite a bit of time. And yeah. so that's not a ton of money, but it gave me enough of a cushion to be like, okay, so my rent's going to get paid and I'm not going to starve. <laughs> and a similar story to yours, I just was like, I'm doing this thing. I have a lot of experience doing this thing, actually, um, because a lot of my acupuncture practice was a lot of coaching and counseling. Mm -hmm. And if you know anybody who's struggling with, at the time I was doing conscious relationship coaching, if you know anybody who's struggling with conscious relationships um, or struggling with dating or struggling with communicating with their partners, please send them my way. And that's how I got my first three or four clients in that way. Um, And so I think that, people when they get scared have a tendency to be like oh I'm gonna hide what I do and I'll sort of talk about it but not make it really clear how people are supposed to reach out to me and um and then wonder why nothing is happening or shifting in their in their work um -hmm. and so I think that that's a really important piece to name is give yourself a runway whatever that looks like for you it's three months yeah. and the mindset of like I can always go back to traditional um, work if I need to and for me my, my runway was like I almost got pushed out of the plane there um, <laughs> <laughs> but my runway was you know the government taking care of me for the first couple of months in my business thank you Canada yeah, yeah. Thank you, Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, Beth, I want to bring it back around to yeah. you and and ask you, because um, you've been doing this so much longer than, than we have. <laughs> and, and you've, I think the last time we chatted, um, Either you or Tiff shared that like you've 
been in some sort of like financial advisory role or financial um, space for over 60 companies, 50 or 60 companies, something like that? Something like that. I've, I've lost count. It was, yeah. it was 50 plus last time I counted, and that was in 2018. Because um, right. I remember saying that to a new client I was starting to work with at that point. But um, yeah, and, and it's been really interesting. And, and, and a lot of this is, is saying yes to things, right? So someone will, will approach me and say, you know, I, I think I need your help with this or this or this. And there were times when really I was juggling a lot of stuff at the same time. But um, by figuring out, and Tiffany's the expert on this, not even me, because I don't know how I managed to get through this without knowing all about like the capacity planner and all of that kind of stuff. Um, this was pre-capacity planner, but but yeah, just just immersing yourself in a lot of different work and saying yes to a lot of different things. And sometimes you can't really help somebody, but you can give them an hour of your time and talk through things. And sometimes they may say, you know what? I'm not ready for you, but my friend is. And, and you know, it's like creating your pipeline, right? Creating a network. Again, back to networking. The more people you talk to and the more you say, I mean, I, I also was a treasurer on multiple boards, nonprofit boards. And for what I do, I do a lot of consulting with nonprofits. So having said yes and going on a couple of boards allowed me to get it, get my foot in the door and learn a whole lot of stuff as a treasurer mm -hmm. that I both can use as, you know, with my clients that are nonprofits, but also, you know, then I, people keep asking me to be on boards because of, you know, all of that. So that turned into well, a your specialty. Experience. Yeah. And that turned into a specialty. And the thing is like, stay open to, to stay open to, uh, changes in your specialty over time. Right. So mm -hmm. like when I started out, I was like a cost accounting expert and had worked in the agricultural industry. And then I had all this nonprofit experience and got to be sort of an expert in, in nonprofit accounting. So, um, you know, as as things develop, you know, keep your curiosity, keep, you know, realize that that working on certain gigs with people will not just uh pay you monetarily, but will also inform you about new types of things that maybe you weren't aware of before. So it's also yeah. a learning process for you as you go through years of having a business. Yeah. Yeah. And being flexible within that structure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to ask, I think each of us this question of like, what would you tell like 2019 Tiffany, you know, I don't know what year Beth, um, <laughs> like just starting out Beth, you know, like, were there any sort of like pitfalls or um, things that would have saved you either time or energy or money, like fairly early on um, that you would tell like an early stage entrepreneur to watch out for i'll i'll say one that um so we have a cpa her name is shannon weinstein she's awesome fit financial solutions is her business um and i wish i had hired her or a cpa sooner and worked with a cpa sooner when you're first getting started, you know, there's this tendency to think like, okay, like you kind of put money on the back burner in terms of like, you're just trying to make money, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but there, our tax system is, it favors entrepreneurship and there are a lot of things you can take advantage of being a business. And there are, there's going to come a time where, you know, maybe you start off and you're just your sole proprietor. And or maybe you're like, I'm an established LLC, but there comes a time where it makes a lot of sense to switch to a different business entity and understanding when that is understanding the write offs you can have as a business, um, just understanding tax strategy as it relates to your business, even when you're just getting started is so smart. Like it's definitely something I wish I had done sooner. I know for a fact that I have. I have lost thousands of dollars because I did not 
have strategies in place at the right times. And it can seem hard when you're first getting going to think like, oh God, I'm going to spend $300 on a meeting with a CPA. Trust me, man, that is an investment. (laughs) And and what I always tell people is like, look, you're not spending $300 to just sit there and have someone tell you things. Gather your questions, gather all the questions you have about taxes and finances in general and business entities and all those kinds of things and pick their brain. It is like a free, like power hour of information. And they're going to say, okay, when you're, when you get to this point in your revenue, let's talk again, because it might make sense for this other thing to happen. Or did you know that you can open up, you know, a solo 401k and you can be putting money into there or just different things that we don't, a lot of us don't know about because we just simply haven't had to know about them. And so that is when we're talking about finances, personally, the thing I wish I had done a lot sooner. And I I think what happens is that people think they're just they're just getting started or they're too small or they're not making enough. And when they get to a certain point, maybe that's when they would need this like bigger help. Like a CPA seems like this big thing that you and it's just not you are now a business owner. You need to start understanding what that means and take advantage of really smart tax strategy and planning. So that's my one little piece there. (laughs) That that's probably something I wish I had done uh, earlier, too. Um, I I started off as a sole prop and I was a sole prop for uh, probably 11 years. I started in 2001, three Mm -hmm. weeks before 9-11. And um, and I didn't incorporate until 2013. And I think now now that it's so easy now, I think like, oh, gosh, I should have done that. Like to just have be completely separate, you know, so your business entity and you are completely separate. You have a, a business with a separate name and it has sep- and it pays you payroll and you're an employee of that company. I wish I had done that like, you know, five years earlier than I did. Mm. That would that would also have been a good move. But yeah. I, at first I was. But other than <laughs> that, I can't think of anything else because it's been really yeah. a fun ride. Um, yeah, it's an adventure, you know, and yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's like you take something away from everything that happens as you go through this process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a way to see so many different things. Like, I, I just think of all the experience I have from all these years of doing all these different things. And it's because I've been in all these companies, and I've seen all these different mm-hmm. things happen. When you're in one job, you're dealing with the day-to-day of one company and what happens there. Mm-hmm. And you may miss out on a whole bunch of other interesting things that are happening in life while you're busy focusing on the one company. So it's mm-hmm. it's not just a it's not just a vocation, it's like a livelihood. You know, it's a it's a way to just really in addition to being able to figure out how to make money to do it, you can learn so much by being in so many different places and seeing so many different things. Mm. I feel like I can just listen to you talk forever about that. You're like the fairy godmother of businesses. <laughs> I have a magic wand um, here. <laughs> um, and um, to me, like that feels so validating because that's exactly what I would tell a younger version of myself as well. I hired my first bookkeeper this month or this year. I'm going to incorporate as an LLC this year. And like the, um, I didn't realize how much weight I had in terms Mm. of like worrying about all that. Mm. Um, And unless you, your brain is wired like Beth's, um, which mine is not. (laughs) And numbers make sense to you, which numbers (laughs) do not make sense to me. Um, I still have to like count all my fingers sometimes, <laughs> but <Me> like, <laughs> um, but like not having to open up QuickBooks, not having to like worry about, you know, um, like what my profit and loss statement looks like this month. Um, and just having that emailed to me, like was just, uh, amazing and you know 
and I'm just like sort of in the beginning stages of, of navigating this, but like my bookkeeper found like multiple things that I was just like leaking out of my finances. Like Mm. she had me switch to a different bank account because they were, um, as somebody who travels between Canada and the U S quite a bit, like I was paying a lot of money in foreign transaction fees. Uh Um, every time I was here in Canada and like, there were just a couple of like minor little tweaks that were like, you know, you know, it might've been $10 here and $15 here and $30 here, but it all kind of adds up. Um, And so I'm really glad to hear you, you two say also that like, you know, these things are an investment in your business early on versus something that you do um, when you meet a certain threshold. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I will say that my my bookkeeper has already like paid for herself um, essentially yeah. just in finding these little you know stupid little bank fees that I was paying for. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah. say one one thing that I think happens it's a and I know this happens because I've heard it from people and I experienced it myself is um, we have a hard time stepping into calling ourselves an entrepreneur. I think that we think that an entrepreneur is like someone who like has invented something really crazy and is doing this like crazy thing and, and they're an entrepreneur and they have this team of 50 and they have all this funding, you know, but like when you go out on your own as a service provider, even if you have one client, you are an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. you are a business owner. And it took me a really long time to really step into that. Even now, I still struggle with it. And even when we were writing the copy for Kenza, we strayed away from saying entrepreneur too much because we didn't think people identified with that. And when you don't identify yourself with that, you don't do the big girl and big boy things that you need to do as a business owner and an entrepreneur, (laughs) which is work with a CPA, start to understand just the basics about taxes and tax strategy and how to work the system in a very legal non you know not illegal way but like understand your rights and be smart and be savvy you don't have to know it all at once you don't have to be a tax quiz but you're very smart people listeners I know you are and you can understand these things but you have to really own that you are an entrepreneur now you are a business owner now and with that comes responsibilities and a certain level of knowledge you need to equip yourself with to just be smart and savvy about it because if you even if you just have a couple of clients you can be really smart and be making more money than you think if you're just being again just strategic about all of it so i think that's like the mindset piece that maybe holds people back from stepping into that and i again speak from direct experience on that. <laughs> yeah yeah and and because when you work for somebody they're taking care of all of that right there's an accounting department that deals with all of that stuff and and so part of the trade-off for the freedom is that you have to take more responsibility for the finance and it's it's actually not it turns out it's actually not that hard you know and it's just it's just either hire somebody if you feel comfortable doing it yourself i do i'm you know, I do this professionally. I feel completely comfortable doing my own books. If, but you know, I would, I also love to hand that off to somebody. Um, and you know, if somebody comes along and wants to do that, I'd be happy to hire them to do it. Just for me, right now, <laughs> navigating back and forth is so quick and easy. It's, it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. But you know, feel. Go with what's right for your level of comfort, but but realize that having other people look at your bank account is not shameful and they're not going to judge you and there's not any judgment in this because people who do this professionally, you know, they see all they see 15 bank accounts in a week and they're just like, I'm not, you know, nothing's that interesting, you know, with all of this. (laughs) Just let's just make sure we get it to be right. Um, Make sure your books are right. And um, and that you have monthly uh, reports that you could look at so that you know how your business is doing, but also so that you can make changes. The whole point of having monthly financials is so that you could read them and it's and it's information that you understand. And then you can say, wow, you know, I'm spending way too much money on the telephone. Let me find another carrier or or any other type of of 
you know, small business decision that will add up over 12 months or two, two you know, two years or whatever it is. Um, it's yeah. just, it's a second set of eyes. It's super helpful if that's, yeah. um, if, you know, it, really do it, do, make that one of the first things you do for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the cool things that our CPA does is we do a mock tax return towards the end of the year. So like November, December time so that we can see what it's going to look like and make some pivots before the end of the year as needed. And that in and of itself last year saved us thousands of dollars. Um, And so, you know, it's just, again, just being really smart and strategic and, and owning that piece. And I love what Beth said about not being embarrassed about someone seeing your bank account, you know, it's like when you go get a pedicure and you're like, oh, my feet. And it's like, <laughs> they've seen worse. They've seen worse for sure. They've seen it all. They don't care. They've seen feet all day long. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And God bless them. You know, they, they're great at what God they do. I was, I was just realizing that I'm so desperately overdue for a pedicure this morning. My feet feel like rocks. I, I took the pumice stone and I was trying to like do my foot and my foot's just like, no. The pumice stone just broke and gave up. The pumice up. stone broke in half. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I, I think that those are such like important things to name. I, I love... Um, just the simplicity of what you you both are saying um because i think that for so many people like we go into business and we're like like we make it so complicated with these big stupid brains of ours and um (laughs) we're too smart we just got done telling the listeners we know they're really smart (laughs) too smart yeah um but like I don't know. There's also something so valuable about having like another set of eyes on the thing that you take so personally, like, mm. um, like this real life sort of like tangible example is like I have worked with bodies for I, so long as an acupuncturist, and I've been having this like premenstrual like one night of insomnia like two days before my period starts. And I've been, like, struggling with this for, like, I'm not even kidding you, like, six months. Mm. And, like, one of my clients the other um, week was, like, you know, I keep having, like, a night of insomnia right before my period starts. And I was, like, oh, you need magnesium, like, right off (laughs) the top of my head. (laughs) And, like, like, I couldn't see that for myself, you know. Oh, my gosh, how funny. like taxes can taxes and money and accounting and bookkeeping can feel like that for me sometimes where it's like I get so wrapped up in the like I you know whatever that that mental block is I haven't quite put my finger on it quite yet um but that's sort of the value of having somebody come in um as an expert yes but also just as a second set of objective eyes who can be like oh this is the thing you know Um, and like, to me, like that, that moment of like, duh, cat, like, this is, this is also the thing you need, (laughs) like, was just like such a wake up call for me. I was like, oh, and like, you're right. Like a lot of my audience is service-based providers. And so it's so hard when you're in the service-based, um, space to do the same thing for yourself. So like, stop, just Mm -hmm. stop, stop trying to do everything by yourself. Um, there are people that, you know, enjoy doing this. Their brains are wired differently. Like, you know, you can hire this out and support someone else's small business. Um, and I think that that's, it it like circulates money in a way that feels really good for me. Um, Mm -hmm. when I hired the bookkeeper and, um, yeah. And then like the mindset piece that you just shared, Tiff, of like, I'm sort of cycling back to this of of resisting that identity of mm-hmm. I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I've worked with so many people now and it's not like, I think that people have that feeling of I'm not a business owner, I'm not an entrepreneur and then they stop that, that questioning right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I think, 
you know, coaching is really helpful because, you know, somebody, again, who has an objective lens on your situation can start asking you some of the like deeper questions around, you know, where does that story come from? And how is that tied to your sense of worth? How is that tied to maybe some family stories that might have been coming along? What are some Mm -hmm. narratives and conditions that you might need to drop and change? Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to do that work by yourself, which is why I always recommend working with a coach or a mentor or somebody who's been there before um, to help guide you along that process. And so I think the moral of this episode is if you can't do the thing, like find somebody who can support you in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, still do, the, do thing. the things. Yeah. yeah. But still yeah, do just the, get the thing. thing done just somehow. get help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to transition over to sharing a little bit about our workshop because I am so, 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 so very excited. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I have, a series of workshop in my brain that I'm planning and essentially like the the thread that is running through them is like let's look at the yin and the yang of things right and so what I mean by that is let's look at the energetics let's look at you know maybe the mindset struggles the belief struggles that people have around a topic and then let's give people technical skills around it Um, so I just wrapped up teaching conscious marketing with Natalie Ross and we did just that so I got to share a lot of like the mindset shifts around showing up and marketing yourself or your services and then she came in with this beautiful like framework of how to actually put that into action and this is the 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 structure that I've proposed to teach um, for our upcoming workshop called the energetics of money. And so I'm going to come in and talk about belief structures around money, talk about, you know, what gets in the way when people think about money, what are the objections that you might have um, in your brain? What does that monkey mind say? And how is that blocking you from receiving money and also spending money in a way that's aligned with your values? Mm-hmm. And then Beth is going to come in and with your, you know, years and years and years of experience, um, talk about like a bit of the like nuts and bolts around accounting and bookkeeping and, you know, what somebody can set themselves up in terms of success in a business and what are the potential pitfalls that get in the way. Um, And I think what, what our participants are going to find really, really valuable is they get to ask you questions like, I know I'm going to come in loaded with questions and so I'm sure other people are going to come in loaded with questions. Um, And it doesn't really matter where they are on that entrepreneurial journey. It's really about, okay, so here is some really, really good structure. And like we get to pick Beth's brain for an afternoon. (laughs) And Beth loves that. That's where Beth shines is when you have such a, like a specific question or a use case or something that's coming up or a way you want to pivot like that is like best real sweet spot is being mm-hmm. like okay let's dig into that you know yeah so definitely yeah. come ready with those questions and use cases love it and is there anything else that you um either of you want to add to like what we're bringing to the workshop Ah, uh, gosh i'm excited about it it's gonna be yeah. fun it's gonna be really yeah. fun to, to yeah. just do a finance chat because, you know, most people don't want to talk about that, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I think it'll be fun to like get away from that, like resistance to talking about it and just immerse ourselves in it and be like, listen, if we want to be, if we want to have the, the freedom and run our own companies, this is what we have to know. And it's not scary after we've all <sighs> kind of gone through it together and we've yeah. commiserated about it a little bit too. Um, So I think, I think that'll be really, really valuable. Yeah. And I think like really taking the shame and the mysticism around like money out of it is going to help people so, so much. Um, I've also invited a money coach. Um, Her name is Nadine Zumat and she's going to be talking about the archetypes 
that we hold around money and so like like do you look at money and find yourself feeling like a victim do you look at money and find yourself like you know overspending in ways that don't um align do you look at yourself and and maybe hoard and and sort of dictate money a little bit too much and how can we unravel those like energetic mm-hmm. and emotional blocks around money mm-hmm. and you know i think that like really honestly like people will very like openly talk to me about sex I find that it's so hard for people to talk about money in these ways and particularly women um and and so I think it's so important that as women who are doing this work in the entrepreneurial space and you know supporting the lives that we want to to live it's so important that we show that as an example and make it accessible for other women who are coming up in, in this world and mm-hmm. want to make that shift for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will share where, where I feel like I'm coming at this workshop. Why I'm personally excited about it is I don't know what archetype this is, but I have this kind of weird thing where I just like, I kind of have this funny deal with Beth where I'm like, I'll bring in the money. You deal with the money. <laughs> And I wonder what that's about, you know, because it's like, I don't, you know, I've always, you know, there's tons of people out there who are like money mindset and do you have blocks? Do you have this? And I'm always been like, do I like, do I, I don't know what that means. Like, how do I fit into that? And I think it's not necessarily an avoidance. Like I look at the bank account, Beth puts beautiful reports together that I look at, But I'm always just sort of like a hand waving, like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's fine. Like, I know it's fine. I know it's fine. So I don't even want to pay attention to it. And I almost get like annoyed at it about money sometimes. I'm just like annoyed with having to figure out how to deal with it. And so anyway, I just wanted to share that because there might be people listening who feel that way. And you might even be hearing this workshop and be like, eh, whatever. I don't need to go to that. But, you know. I think it's important that if you're saying that, then maybe you actually really do need to go to it. Yeah. Like what's the resistance there? And yeah, yeah. Um, what's the resistance mm-hmm. um, and why? And maybe there's something you're going to discover that's going to be like, oh, that's why I'm hand wavy at all of this. Yeah. Um, because for me personally, I don't know why I'm like that right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to discover that about myself in this workshop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also wondering too, like that can come from a fairly balanced place, you know, because that can come from like partnership and trust and teamwork. Um, right. It may not necessarily be like a block that you have, but like Beth is better at this and I'm better at this. Yeah. And so like, you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> let's just allocate, yes, that is true. let's just allocate our, our tasks in a way. But if you see that, sort of avoidance and hand waving show up in other parts of your life, then that might mm-hmm. be something to explore. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I have a very similar relationship with my partner is like, mm-hmm. we have a, a joint sort of like nest egg bubble, and I just shovel money into it. And yeah. he takes care of all the things. And yeah, that just works here. for our dynamic. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a part of me that's like, I'm learning so much right now about a lot of things. And un- like, and my husband is naturally very interested in like understanding the stock market and understanding crypto and where we should be investing. And and I do understand all of that. And like I, I get into it with him, but I'm not in it. Like he is naturally passionate about it. So I yeah. kind of have the same deal. I'm like, I'll bring in the money. You deal with the money, you know? Yeah. So anyway, it's just... um. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I think that there's things we don't know. Just going back to that concept that we've talked about a couple of times of like entrepreneurship. And this is why I love your work so much, Kat, and why we're so aligned and why you're my coach and all of that is like it really is our spiritual teacher. And I mm-hmm. think when you step step off on the ledge, off of the ledge of like going to something like this workshop that we're talking about, you have, you give yourself the opportunity, opportunity to open a door inside of yourself that maybe you didn't even know existed and not, you're not even necessarily avoiding it. You just didn't know that it was even there and what possibilities could open up when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and go to something called the energetics of money. Um, and 
what might you learn about yourself? What might you learn about your business? And how could that carry on into the way that you manage your personal, your um, business finances, the way you might mentor other people, whatever it is you do. I think there's some really cool gems. I know there's some great gems that are going to be in that workshop and I myself can't wait to even attend. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that this concept of like blah, is a spiritual practice is something that sort of like runs through my life because I feel like anything that brings up a block for you, whether it's your business, it's marketing, it's um, money, it's donuts, like, like any of that can be a spiritual practice because in meeting that part of you that feels resistance and working through that piece, like there's so like, I can't even tell you, like how that's going to show up because it's going to be such a unique experience for somebody um, of like, once you meet that resistance around money, like what happens after that, you know, and how does that ripple out into your relationship to to everything else in your life? Um, And like I said, that can be anything like you can essentially literally fill in the blank um, and, and find, you know, walking a spiritual practice, you know, Pizza can be a spiritual practice if you have resistance around pizza. Like <laughs> no resistance whatsoever. Around pizza here. <laughs> yeah, that's because but... I went to your energetics of pizza workshop. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Cleared all the blockages. Yep, all the blocks around pizza are just gone now. <laughs> oh, amazing! I had such a lovely time connecting with you too, and I appreciate you. you. Um, both spending, you know, this for me, it's, it's my afternoon for Beth. I think it's your, your early evening. It's Um, I'm in, I'm in Maine right now. So it's, um, three, three o'clock. Perfect. So, um, (laughs) well, thank you so much for joining me on the Empowered Curiosity podcast. And for those of you who felt intrigued about money, please go and check out our sign-up sheet, which is going to be at www.empoweredcuriosity.com. And you'll find a link for that right there. Beautiful. Thank you for having us, Kat. So excited. Really fun. Yay. (laughs) Thank you.